We are going to be going live. Hello, everyone. This is John Stoutinger with JCX Fishing. Um, tonight's guest we're going to have on is Rick Langendurfer. He's a professional angler that, angler that fishes the National Professional Fishing League Tour. Um, we, we don't have video, but we do have good audio with him. So uh, just want to let you know that ahead of time so you don't um, bombard me with questions about that. And uh, he's, he's not afraid to answer questions. So, oh, we do, have, we do have a little video now. All right. I know uh, we had an interview uh, Wu Daves uh, almost a year ago, and he, he, he couldn't get any uh, uh, video, but it turned out to be a good video anyway, or a good uh, podcast as well. Hey, Tom. Well, I'm going to bring Rick in, and uh, he's going to talk a little bit about himself, what he does. Um, and how, how his uh, first year on the NPFL was. Hello, sir. What's going on, man? Technology is fun when you push the right buttons. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> so, so are spouses, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but hey, uh, uh, thank you for being on the podcast. Um, I appreciate you uh, letting me uh, do this with you. Um, no, not a problem. You know. Hey, Jeremy, hey, Tom. But uh, one of the things I want to talk to you about is how was your first year on? Well, let's give us a little background of, of yourself, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, like I said, like you said, I'm, I'm Rick Langendurfer. I'm from uh, Maumee, Ohio. Um, I'm blessed to have a, a wife that lets me do this profession. And as a professional anger, you need that spousal support because um, you're, you're gone a lot. And uh, I also have nine kids, so you can call my spouse a, a saint because uh, she she takes care of the nine kids while I'm gone. And uh, you know, but I, right now I I've, I've been in the transportation industry for 17 years. I'm currently the uh, on-site safety supervisor for C CPC Logistics. Uh, you can see the background of a lovely hotel room right now because I'm on on the road working. Um, and that's kind of what made the NFL great for this year because it's the working man league to where I didn't have to leave my job to be able to fish full time and uh, to live a dream. You know, so it's uh, it's kind of a godsend for a lot of the guys who wanted this dream but never had the opportunity to chase the dream uh, because, you know, it's the, the time commitment that it is to to be this successful and, uh, you know, to go through the opens or whatever, you know, you have to they call it the open purgatory to where a lot of the bass open guys are in the opens for years before they get, you know, before they make a top 10 in the total points and make the elites. And, you know, so it's like, it's nice to, you know, that the MPFL ownership thought my resume was good enough to give it a crack and, and go from there. Excellent. Um, congratulations. Uh, Drew six says, hi, Rick. What's up, Drew? And he's uh, taking Jeremy say, May says he's on the waiting list for the uh, MPFL. Jeremy, I hope you get that call, man. It's definitely a, it's a family that you need to be a part of. Yeah, he's, he's having a rough time. He's on the waiting list for the Opens as well. So, I I heard the Opens is like a hundred people deep right now. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but Drew, Drew, if anyone wants to go smallmouth fishing on Lake Erie, Drew's got to get a hold of. He's taking a lot of people's money from up there, <laughs> including mine. Which which, which, which side of Erie? Uh, he, he's, uh, I think he's like the Akron area, but he's taking a lot of money on the, uh, the West side of Erie. Um, I don't know if he does much of the deep, deep water stuff on Buffalo side. That's a true question, but I know he's made a, made a, a pretty decent amount of money on the Western side. 
Okay. Yeah, because uh, he says all of it. By the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's shy. He's not too. Uh, he's not too humble. <laughs> but yeah um let me i mean i, I just want to ask you a couple questions um sure. so I, I imagine you fished growing up um who yep. are some of your heroes growing up i mean they don't have to be fishing related they can be uh you know just baseball basketball whatever some of your heroes growing up well, i'm gonna do this without getting emotional because I, I get emotional on this question a lot um but my father was my only my only hero i ever had growing up Okay. Um, my dad, my father was a, uh, professional walleye guy for 12 years. I spent most of my childhood on Lake Erie, uh, fishing for walleye, chasing them around. Um, like Friday through Sunday, I was on a boat with my dad fishing, um, hundreds of hours running the boat. And, uh, he gave me the passion and the drive to be who I am. And, uh, <clears throat> he, uh, he still is my biggest supporter, you know, even it's, like walleye fishermen and bash fishermen are kind of like skiers and snowboarders. Like we, we both do the same thing, but we, you know, you stay over there and I'll stay over here kind of thing. <laughs> and you're always in each other's way. Always in each other's way. Right. <laughs> yep. So it's, uh, it's kind of nice to have him as my biggest supporter. Cause I can, I can bounce ideas off of him or, you know, you know, I'll be the first one to admit that there's a couple of times I've been on the water and I was in situations where I shouldn't have been in and, you know, in a bass boat, five to seven foot waves on Lake Erie out fishing and you get done and like, you just mentally exhausted and just call him crying, you know, cause it's, I've been a couple of times where it was the most scared I've ever been on Lake Erie. You know, Lake Erie is not a place to not know what you're doing. And it's a place to, you always have to pay attention. And the moment you don't pay attention to Lake Erie, it'll bite you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Rick, it came in uh, about four minutes past what I thought was going to come in this next question. Okay. And you and I have discussed it before. Yep. Hey, Rick, yep. it's from George Evans, here from yep. Marshallville, Ohio. Likes the NF M NPFL, yep. but would like to know what happened to the championship. And uh, I'll let you talk about that. So, to be flat honest, it's, uh, it's a championship that I wanted to make, but I was uh, unfortunately not able to make it. Um, but the, what happened at the championship was mostly a lack of preparation for, I call it total chaos. Um, so what happened is we had an investor pull out and an investor took all their money with them and the MPFL had a million and a half dollars wrapped up in the production and way trailer and basically everything it needed to have to run the, the league for the year. So when that happened um, around the Grand Lake event, it was left with a pipe's dream to be successful to run the championship. And the, in my opinion, the league did the right thing by not holding the event um, because of the fact there was no way to pay the anglers after that event. Um, it's been resolved with the anglers. The anglers that made the championship are being reimbursed, are being compensated for that event. Um, so as far as all the anglers, I think 98% of the anglers that were fishing last year are coming back. Um, we are good with that. You know, there's no hard feelings. It is a business. It was a business decision. It was a business screw up. It was a, I, I said from the moment that happened, I said we were, I'll, I'll say all 130 of us, there's only 105 anglers, but with the 30 support staff people that was helping us out every year, all year long, 
or excuse me, they're one big family. And so there was 130 of us who were kind of naive that we were thinking something like this wouldn't happen. Um, now, for the record, we weren't the first championship to ever get canceled. You know, we just happened to be the first championship to get canceled being so new. And so I guess if you want to say not welcomed is the, is pretty much a very accurate word. You know, we were like the, the quote unquote, there's no room for us. Well, I think through six events, we proved there's plenty of room for us. We have guys like John Sokup and um, Keith Carson, Brad uh, Brandon Perkins, who absolutely hammered them this year and made, a, made the MPFL who they are. Um, guys like me, I didn't have the greatest year in the world. Um, I learned a lot. I, you know, I'll be the first one to admit I jumped in feet first and not expecting what I, what what happened. Um, I wasn't prepared mentally to fish seven days straight. Um, I learned a lot though, and you know, you know, season twenty twenty two is. I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's uh, all I can do is grow from that as an angler, and it, in my opinion, it made me a better angler being part of this. You know, so and then you know, I'll be that guy in the room that to where. <clears throat> you, everyone's going to have opinions about it. Um, but if you haven't put your money on the line, I don't want to hear your opinion. You know, it's yeah. to be flat out honest. Yeah. I, I appreciate you coming forward and, and uh, saying that. I know that's, I mean, I contacted you probably a week or two after it was canceled, not even thinking about it, you know? Yep. Yep. And I said, well, it's up to you if you want to um, tackle that topic. And you said, Whatever they ask, I will answer. I'm an yep. open book, so uh, it, it it really shows a lot for your character. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't dodge questions. I'm an honest person, and you know, I'm sure my phone will blow up here in a minute, but you know, I'll deal with that in the other end. Yep, and uh, it show, like I said, it shows a lot about your character. <coughs> Excuse me. So, um, Jeremy May has a couple comments and, and questions. Yep. Um, I don't know if you know, but he uh, came to Oneida Lake for the first time last year. Okay. And uh, he says, you know, you talk about Lake Erie and how rough it can get. He goes, that's why I'm not coming past the Mason-Dixon line because of them waves. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's, he's, he's down in Virginia. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, he wants to know where my better half is. Uh, my better half is not feeling great, and she's also taking care of the uh, boss of the house, which is our four-year-old daughter. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I got a couple um, of those. <laughs> Mike Shaw found out the hard way about Lake Erie with Rick. Yeah, he's my uh, he's my uh, tournament doubles partner. And uh, yeah, he knows my look to where I told him just to hold on. He knows what's about to happen. <laughs> yeah, I've been, you know, I'm, I'm in New York and most when, when you get a Conde, it's two and three footers. most of the Oh, time. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's calm. We'll, so, we'll take, that's, yeah, we call so, that a walleye chop. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, Kyle Patrick. Um, says championship was a shame, but a great league. Looking forward to next year. Kyle, I, I totally agree, man. It was uh, I was actually planning on going down there to root those guys on because those twenty five guys absolutely earned it. Um, you know, it's it, it, it's one of those. It is what it is right now. It's you know, it's we can kick a dead horse, you know, but uh, you know, I know, I know from talking to all the owners that the league is in a really good position right now. Um, 22 on two is going to be hopefully better. Um, I know there's not a championship going on. We're not going to, we're not going to drag our, our drag our sorrows across that. Um, we know what we learned. We, we learned what we did wrong and uh, we're, we're not going to do that again. You know, it's, 
one of the nicest thing about the MPFL is the ownership is so open with us. You know, there, there's, you know, when they say transparency, they absolutely mean it. Like all the anglers know exactly what's going on a hundred percent of the time, every day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that's a great thing to have. I mean, yeah. you look at um, when the um, takeover with the uh, MLF and, yeah. you know, and they FLW, didn't use, yeah. Yep. yeah, FLW when they bought out halfway yep. through the championship, they didn't explain to the anglers why there wasn't going to be one. Yeah, they had no no idea what was going on until two or three months later. Yep. And uh, Jeremy again says, do you see the NPFL going non-entry fee format? Um, this is just my opinion. I'm going to say absolutely not. Um, it was proven. MLF tried it. It was proven. You had multi-millionaires in the in that league and it failed to be flat honest with you you know if it was successful they'd still be doing it so if you can't get guys like kevin van dam gary klein all those guys if you can't get them to do no no entry fees then you know you're not gonna get anybody else yeah do you think it might hurt uh, along the same format do you think it might hurt not having a weigh-in for that because oh, absolutely. No real, you know fans yeah, are no, yeah fans no. are 100 percent what that drive our sport um and if you don't have a way in, then what are the fans going to be there for? It's like you can only do you can only do so many booths to have fans there without having a way in. You know, so I know our way ins, NPFL way ins are a blast. Um, we have I'm not going to say we have thousands of fans like the Bass Elite does, but we had five, six hundred f- fans at minimum per event um, per day. Uh, we actually had uh, uh, in Texarkana. Uh, our second event of the year, we had this big concert going on, a uh, big concert. We had 1,500 to 2,000 fans there, and we had their uh, game day live, was live broadcasting from it. They rolled out the red carpet for us, you know, so that's what every weigh-in needs. If you're not doing that, then you're not having, you know, you're not having the support that you need from the fans. Yeah. Okay. Uh, George Evans has a comment. It says, I want to see the league grow. I like how th- – how they do things. It's a shame what happened. I hope it all works out for the league and he will still follow. George, I, I appreciate it, man. We need guys like you that can follow us. And, you know, I got guys like me need you. Um, I'm just a nobody from Ohio. You know, so it's, uh, it's nice to have fans. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Jeremy says, oh, I hit the wrong button. Do you think the NPFL is set up like the old PAA trail that didn't make it? I'm not sure what the trail was, but I think that's that Professional Anglers Association. Um, I'm yeah. I'm gonna be flat out honest with you. I, I'm not gonna answer that one, uh, mostly because I don't know. I don't. I'm, I didn't have any dealings with the PAA. Um, I never fished any events. I know I've saw the websites here and there for it, um, but I'm gonna politely not answer that question because i it's just because of ignorance i don't know yeah and uh he also says sorry for all the questions he's a fan bring it on man i like questions (laughs) (laughs) i got like i said i got nine kids man i'm used to questions (laughs) (laughs) so you're used to why and who exactly and how how come (laughs) and when (laughs) yeah um so most of us on here used to um, one and two, possibly three day tournaments. So, how do you mentally prepare um, going on the road for uh, a week or two at a time? Um, mentally prepare, I fail that completely. Um, what I'm doing different this year 
is that I'm going to try to explore more water. I, I, for me, I had a couple events where I didn't catch fish during practice. And it, instead of just throwing it all out of the water and, and I, I tried to force things to happen. And when you travel this country, like I'm going to say, I'm pretty dang good. I'm fishing Lake Erie, but I need to learn to be more flexible when I go to these other lakes that I've never been to before. Just because what I like to do doesn't work doesn't mean they're not biting. It just means I'm doing something wrong. Um, you need to be able to hit the reset button at like every day. This is what I learned the most, like toward the end of the year. You need to be able to hit the reset button after day one of practice and then after day two of practice and after day three and after, you know, the first day of the event, second day of the event. And even even going into the third day of the event, you need to be able to hit reset and almost start from scratch every day. Um you cannot dwell on what you did yesterday. You have to focus on what you're doing today. Um, that's that's the hardest thing to do with these multi-day events. And, you know, it's the, the easiest thing to do is, well, I'm, this, the, the easiest thing to say is I'm on them. I can go catch them anywhere. And it's like, okay, yeah, you can go catch them anywhere. But what happens when that doesn't happen? You know, what are you going to do when plan A sucks? Because you know what they say about plan B. If it was worth a the crap, it'd be plan A. Right. You know, so it's it, it. That's the hardest thing that I dealt with was being able to hit that reset button and doing something completely different. Like actually, for Pickwick example, I was so locked on at Pickwick. You know, I literally took everything out of my boat other than what I needed because it forced me to do that thing because I didn't want to be scatterbrained and going with the what if during the event. And you know, after after day one, I was in thirty six. After day one, and I only caught three fish for day one. You know, I had almost 11 pounds and three fish. Now I lost a six pounder and I lost a five pounder. And I lost a four pounder all at the boat, you know? So this net, no net rule thing sucks, but <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. yeah. But other than that, you know, it's like, uh, you know, like I said, I was in 36 and then the hardest thing for me to do that day was reset it for day two. And I went and did the, exactly the thing I didn't want to do. And I reran my same water again, you know, and that's, I plummeted after day two because I caught one fish day two. And uh, Jeremy um, says, versatility in all aspects of fishing is key. I've learned a lot fishing the opens, especially if he, he learned how a night it can be. Absolutely. Right. right. That's the key. And that's like the one thing I've, I didn't do last year. I didn't get a lot of time on the water uh, just because of work. And then, you know, home time. Um, I'm a big family guy, man. When I'm home, I the last thing I want to do, when I, when I like, for instance, last year I got home from an event. I wouldn't touch my boat for two weeks and, you know, I'd spend every moment I could with my kids and my wife and, you know, I'd, I'd make sure I made up, try to make up some of that time. Um, looking back on retrospect, you know, I need to jump back in that boat and go fish again and, and keep that momentum going or, you know, or try to build momentum. Like I got on a, I've been on a slump for like a year now where it just, things weren't clicking and I just wasn't looking at the water the way it needed to be looked at. Um, so you know, in order to get out of fishing in the slump is is to go fishing again, and so that's what that's one thing I need to do is just just keep fishing and go from there. Yeah. Okay. Now I have a, a couple questions. What is your favorite technique? Oh man, I'm a two K jig guy. Man, I'll throw a jig all day long. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll flip and I'll flip with the best of them. Okay. Um, and unfortunately, it's sometimes that's my that's my kryptonite is I'll you know you can ask any guys that fish with me. I'll have three or four jigs on the deck. Um, deposit swim jigs are 
the cats meow right now. They're the best on the market. I was, in my opinion, best on the market. You know, their their wedge design is making them go through the water. You can fish them all kinds of all levels of the water because of that design. Um, they're not rising. You know, they'll stay at that depth. Um, so yeah, my my favorite technique is throwing a jig all day long. All right. What do you what do you what is your least favorite or the technique you need uh, help with? Um. The biggest technique I need help with is probably deep diving crankbaits. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of them, mostly because I have ADD, ADHD, and I just, like, after, like, 10 casts, I want to switch. I want to do something else. So I need to be able to lock them in my hand and just and just deal with the grind and deal with the reeling. And I'm just not – I'm that guy. I constantly want to be moving. So you want to call that a, a – a, kink in my armor as a professional yeah that's definitely a kink because i know deep diving crankbaits are pretty much worldwide <laughs> i just don't like them that much <laughs> hey i'm I, i'm the same with you i mean i have a lake that's 30 something feet deep to the to the east and i have one that's 600 feet deep to the west or i should say 300 feet deep to the east yeah. 600 to the west yeah yeah and i'll be darned if i'm gonna throw a crankbait yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I probably, I probably have more crankbaits than Cabela's and Bass Pro together, but. <laughs> oh, I got a ton of them. I just, they're all brand new in the box right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I take them out of the box, though. Yeah, I, yeah, I probably I, shouldn't. It's, it's probably better for resale if I don't. No, yeah, they look good on my pegboard. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, uh, all right, Gary on YouTube says, you need to teach me how to pitch and flip, Rick. So Gary is my biggest, one of my biggest supporters. Uh, he He's uh, the real estate agent through De, uh, DeSalle Realty. He jumped okay. on board last year and he has been my hugest, biggest supporter. He's actually jumping on board again for 2022. Um, so he's uh, one of my big title sponsors. And Gary, I will gladly take you fishing anytime you want, man. I know last, I know this year we didn't get to go out, but, you know, with, schedule and then COVID and all that good stuff. It was hard to make time to get out and go somewhere. But I, he actually, we did a uh, fundraiser for, uh, I believe it was Skeeter Fowler who passed away from COVID. He's one of our anglers. We lost yep. uh, Skeeter Fowler and Donnie O'Neill uh, this year. Um, we did a fundraiser for the family and I donated a, a smallmouth trip on Lake Erie. And uh, Gary actually bid on that one just to give them money, knowing farewell that him and I can go fishing anytime we want. Um, he actually, he, he bid on it and won the auction, um, to give Skeeter Fowler's family some money. Um, but, uh, Gary's truly indebted in my heart and, uh, we will definitely go anytime, anytime he wants. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, uh, actually lost a couple, um, I'll call them teammates cause that's what it sounds like. Family members or whatever. Family members. Yep. Yep. You know, Due yep. to COVID this year. And yep. We had uh, uh, both those guys uh, after the Wisconsin event. Neither one of them made it home from the Wisconsin event. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's sad. Yeah. I hate I hate to go on that, but what 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 do you uh, how would you define define success for this year for you? Well, success this year is going to be making a check. <laughs> uh, last year, uh, last year, 2021, I, my, my success rate was just being seen, um, getting out mm -hmm. there in the, in the community, getting my name out across the board, um, which I, I feel like I did a pretty good job of that one. My off the water was really, really good. Um, but this year I need to really focus on my on the water. Um, my, my manager slash accountant slash wife pretty much told me that. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, this year it's uh, 
we're coming. Uh, we got Cumberland as first event, and that's uh, that's a lake I've never been to, but it, I know it fits. It's it fits pretty well to what I like to do. Um, and then we got Hartwell was another one. It's it's one of those number of deep water points. Um, and then we we have uh, Saginaw Bay in Lake Erie, Kissimmee, Florida, and uh, yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to and all oh, Wasp Bar. Wasp Bar is my one I not too not too familiar with. So I'll be hopefully chopping on some of my roommates that I travel with. Cause I know those guys have been there with college series is they've been to that lake. So I'll be banking on their information just to get a start to where to go on Moss bar. But like I said, we're coming to Lake Erie, we're coming to my backyard, the ramps 45 minutes from my house. Um, and then um, Saginaw Bay is an hour and 45 minutes from my house. So I've been to both of those. Um, so I'm, I'm really comfortable on that deep water stuff. Now this next comment, I think you might know this person. Yeah. Hi, babe. <laughs> yeah, she's the uh, she's the saint. She's the the thing that keeps this team Langender for thing rolling right there. She's the uh, she's my manager for a reason because she's the one that tells me no a lot. <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah. so she's uh she's she's my uh, heart and soul. She's the one that makes this dream work. All right, and uh, Corey Null says, Rick, what's up, man? There's Corey, man. Corey was another. He's a uh, another NPFL angler last year. I I. Don't believe he's coming back this year. He, I don't know if that's 100% confirmed. I know last year he said he wasn't coming back. I don't know if he confirmed that year or not. But uh, so if anyone's followed the NPFL and paid attention to the Grand Mike event, uh, Corey Knowles, the guy that uh, we went to, I'll back up a little bit. We went to a uh, second chance animal rescue, dog rescue for uh, Grand Lake, Oklahoma. Um, it's the only rescue in the area that's a no kill shelter. Uh, we had seven or eight anglers show up and do a media day there on a Wednesday. And uh, we got to walk around dogs and hang out with the dogs, play with the dogs, you know, and, and Corey adopted a dog that day from there. He, he took a dog. Only and, one? Yeah, only one thing. <laughs> That's all his boat could hold is added weight capacity. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gary called, uh, Corey calls, uh, carries a lot of tackle, so he's got to pay attention to the weight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, he, uh, he adopted this dog, and this dog is, like, I got emotional that day when he brought it across stage because that dog went from, being in a kennel for, I think it was three months. Corey had to confirm that one. I think he was in that place for three months. He went from being in there to on a professional's boat and through a professional way in the next day. And he absolutely owned it. You know, his name's bro. And that dog absolutely owned it. Like he, he was there his entire life. This is all he's meant to do was be on this boat. And there's, I know there's multiple photos going across this country about Corey and he caught a four pounder. And bro was right there by his side watching it and paying attention to it. So, you know, I'm I'm so proud of Corey. That was something that didn't have to do, absolutely didn't have to do. And he found it in his heart that he found his soulmate in a four-legged animal that, you know, he brought home from Oklahoma. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it's stories like that that um, really keep me fishing, you know. Yeah. You know. yep. the, the stories like that, it's funny that the stories like that, it happened all through our league. You know, it, it, I can, every event you can think of something that just made us so special um, that not many other tours would have done. Yeah. And, and it's not, it's not the fishing aspect of it. It's Correct. the humanity aspect of it. it exactly. It's the the, being, yeah. a, being a human. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yep. But, <coughs> excuse me. If, uh, Oh, sorry about that. How Maybe. did you get started into uh, tournament fishing? Um, 
I basically got bored. Um, I was a college <laughs> golfer. Um, I golfed in college. It paid for my education. And then I went and screwed around, did other stuff. They always, I played in some professional golf events and then I realized I wasn't all that great after college. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I had this opportunity to fish a club event and I went out and won that club event and paid like 300 bucks or whatever. And I was like, well, that was kind of fun. You know, it's like, I'm, you know, this is actually the first time I ever bass fish was that club event. I just liked the competition. You know, I, you know, I'm that guy that I'll throw 50 bucks in the pot and go do anything. I don't care. You know, I'll, I'll right, figure it right. out. And, and then I found out you can do this like every weekend you can professionally or uh, you can, you know, fish small derbies and stuff like that. And I went and co angered a BFL there on uh, Grand Lake St. Mary's in Ohio. It's if you ever fished pea green water, that's the place to go. You know, that's, that's got your name all over it. Cause the whole lake's pea green. Um, I went out there and, uh, and absolutely got my butt kicked. Cause I had a boater, like you and I talked about earlier, I had a boater, had no idea what he was doing. And, uh, and got my butt kicked and I told myself I'm not doing that again. I went home and like a month later I bought a boat and like two months later I entered, entered my first tournament as a boater, just went and did it, you know? And, uh, I, uh, that's kind of how my whole, my whole career's been. I just threw my money in the hat and figure it out as I go. I'm the, I'm the guy, I'm, you know, I rarely had time to practice, but I love the competition. You know, I, I, I pride myself on being a very humble loser because I'm really good at it, <laughs> you know, but, uh, I also, I'm very, very humble when I do win. I've won a couple events and, uh, and it's, it's nice to have the people come up and congratulate me at the end. Cause they know what I've been through what I, what I'm willing to do for certain tours or for certain series is, you know, I'm willing to help out. I do all that kind of stuff behind the scene, whatever I can do to help. Um, and I feel it's the same way with, the, with this MPFL stuff to where I'm willing to help if they need me to help. You know, I'll do any media they need it done. You know, um, we have a bunch of anglers. Um, I wasn't one of them because I was always one of the first ones or last ones in whatever. But we have a bunch of anglers who jump in the trucks for the drive through weigh-in. They jump in the trucks and drive the anglers across. They're fellow competitors. They drive across. You know, so that's that, that's something I pride myself in. It's just the off-the-water stuff, mostly because I'm, I'm really good at losing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> what is your favorite part about being a professional angler yeah my favorite part of it is i've dreamed about it since i was eight years old you know it's you know it's literally like i can i can sit back and watch and, and visualize visualize myself open those bass pro shop catalogs back in the the 80s and looking at my brother and looking at i'm gonna bone that boat and this granted my dad had a big you know 25 foot sportsman walleye boat completely walleyed out and i'd look at my brother and say i'm gonna buy that boat and it'd be like a ranger or you know a nitro back then or you know those right. those kind of the, the tracker boats the aluminum trackers and stuff like that you know i'm gonna buy that boat and it was a bass boat and it was one of those things because it was more affordable to be honest with you like back then it was six grand seven grand and yeah. you know i i just pride myself as I'm just a fisherman, man. It's like, I don't, I guess you can say, I don't think of myself as a professional. I don't carry myself as a professional. I haven't changed. I'm Rick Langender from, from Maumee, Ohio. That's never going to change. You know, it's, I am who I am. You know, the fact that I have to sign autographs is pretty cool, but I'm still going to talk to you the same way I am. You know, I'm a truck driver, so I got a trucker's mouth, you know? So I, <laughs> I slip, I slip one here and there. You know, if, if you've been in the bar with me at an event, you know that I slip a lot, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, 
I'm just, I just, I am who I am. It's, you know, and I'm going to pride myself that, you know, at the end of my career, if you want to call this a career at the end of it, I just want to know I did, the, I did it the right way. And I could care less how many wins there are, you know, I can care less of how, what my career win total is. Excellent. Um, what is your favorite body of water to fish? Other than Lake Erie, or could we count Lake, Lake Erie? Well, let's go other because Lake Erie is a given. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how, um, can you, how can you not love Erie? Yeah, I know it's. I I love it so much. Um, so my new favorite body of water to fish is Wright Patman in Texarkana, Texas. That place was so much fun. Um. I pray that they don't bat. Apparently, they don't bass fish that lake a lot because every time you set the hook, they were ticked off, you know. And I thought smallmouth fought hard up here. Those largemouth down there, they just, it was a whole different breed. And oh my goodness, they had such teeth. You know, every time you lipped one, you could only catch five or six bass without having not to touch them because your, your thumbs would be tore up after that. You know, so okay. the guys who won that event, like Keith Carson won that event. He was saying he was catching 30 bass. And I don't know how he caught 90 fish for the tournament because there's no way I could have touched 90 of them. I don't like I don't think I only caught 12 or 13 for the entire event. I don't and my hands are tore up, so I don't know what his hands looked like after 90 of them. Yeah. Well, you need to uh, talk to the people that set the schedule and come over to New York, man. That's I'm sure that's on a it's on the agenda. I'm sure I mean, it's there's a, there's third year we're coming. I'm I'm, I'm positive 30. I'm actually shocked that we didn't come to St. Lawrence. But I know uh, I'm pretty positive St. Lawrence and Saginaw Bay were like in competition for that day, and it basically came down to what fit better. And yeah. I know I'm I'm gonna assume we didn't go to St. Lawrence because it's getting absolutely hammered because it's probably the best fishery fishery in the country right now, and, yeah, and we just didn't. We're we're the MPFL is prided themselves on we don't follow what everyone else does. You know we don't chase the spawn. We go. They they try to make us go earn it. You know they don't want to yeah. hand us a they don't want to hand us a check. They want us to go earn it. So the fact that we're going to Saginaw Bay instead of the St. Lawrence or you know I'm assuming St. Lawrence um, is probably because the Saginaw Bay hasn't got much traffic. Yeah, oh, there's so. plenty of lakes around here. There's yeah. plenty of fisheries. I'm sure we'll be there in 2023. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'll probably go there and we'll probably go west. And that's kind of the that's probably the, that's what it was set up to be when we start signing contracts last year is that we would go West. So I'm assuming we'll go West in New York next year. Nice. Well, that'd be great. If uh, I hope to, I hope to see you guys come over here, but yeah. I, I understand that you don't want to beat all the waters up, which I, I commend you for that. And uh, yeah. I wouldn't worry too much about thousand islands getting beat. I mean, it's a hundred miles of, of water. Yeah. Plus, plus you got the lake. So you got, you got we got plenty, we got plenty of room. <laughs> yeah. Especially especially if if Canada's open. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm praying Canada's open. I hope they don't reclose the border. You know, oh. if they reclose it then like even for Lake Erie, like Lake Erie has, has been pounded recently, but, but those fish haven't been touched in two years almost. You know. Yeah. So and uh, they said that about up here too. And <laughs> yeah. We forget uh the Canadians will have 125, 250 boat tournaments, you know, yeah. up here. Yeah, those guys, a bunch of Canadians up here, they fish for walleye, though. They don't do a whole lot of bassing. <laughs> They're oh, yeah. walleye musky over here. <laughs> yeah, they do a lot of bassing over here, so they oh, yeah. will uh, see if they'll put a no bass fishing sign up or something. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but now, if you're ever over here, look me up, man. We'll get together. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely do that. I'm yeah. always looking for free rooms. You know, hey, oh, man. yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, that that's the expensive part is, for, you know, Absolutely. I mean, you know, you got your, uh, let, let's talk about that a little bit. Yep. You know, people, people think sometimes, you know, you just go show up and fish. Well, you're there for a week. Yeah. You, you have no. to eat. You have to, yeah. um, it's not like the boat just fills up with gas. Oh no. And the, this year was probably the worst for it. You know, we were, so I, I was fortunate enough to travel with three other gentlemen, uh, David Hoheisel, uh, Cameron Wilt, and Craig Burwell. I traveled with them uh, all year long, and it was able. We were able to save money on the housing, you know, but it was still like it was still three hundred bucks, two hundred dollars to three hundred dollars per person per week. Yeah, you know, and take that times that by six events. That's twelve to fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, and then you got to add in food, and you know, we did a pretty good job of grocery shopping. But still, grocery shopping for four grown grown men, it's still two fifty to three hundred dollars for the week in groceries. And you know, we get bored. You know, you need a beer, you need some camaraderie, so you go out and go eat. There's another hundred dollar day, and then gas. You know, like I said, I live in Miami, Ohio, and the closest event was uh, Lake Winnebago up in Wisconsin. That was still seven hours away. Um, and then we had events in the Harris chain in Florida, Texarkana, which is 16 hours, Grand Lake, Oklahoma was 12 hours, you know? So, you know, I was spending, you know, I drive a Ford F-150, nothing fancy, nothing basic, nothing, nothing super it modded up. And it got you through? It got me through, man. Ford, knock on Ford. <laughs> Pound sign four trucks. <laughs> but, uh, uh, that's an inside joke, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, it was still, you know, probably four to five hundred dollars a week in gas just for the truck. Yeah. And then the boat, you know, I put a hundred dollars in the Nitro Z20, and I barely, if I was if I was on empty, I wouldn't even get in half a tank for a hundred dollars. So you you, you kind of during practice you had to kind of pay attention to what fuel you're kind of burning, you know, mm -hmm. uh, um, especially when you're like ninetieth in AOI points like I was, you can't just go out there and free free wheel it and go burn money. Cause it's like, man, you're struggling to make a check. So let's not go burn it. if you don't have it. Um, but that's another thing, you know, other than Gary, you know, I was self-funded all year long. So, you know, I can honestly tell you guys, I was $47,000 in the hole at the time at the end of the year, you know, you know, so, um, it's not, it's not a fun place to be, you know, but it's a place that I knew that if I didn't catch them, I was going to end up and that's what happened. I didn't catch them. So, but it's, it's a lot of money, man. That's a, that's why we 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 thrive on guys like Gary Diffendaller that you know see the passion, see the drive, and see what I can do for him. And that's you know that's why a lot of people don't see like we got our analytics back from the MPFL, and we had 11 million, 11 million total views from the MPFL um, just on a basic rack truck and rack boat traveling across country. I had sixteen million impressionable views on just the truck, you know. So you know, you get, you take a percentage of that and that's a potential 160,000 people that you can do business with. Yeah. And, and that's, that's something that not a lot of people see. They see it an angler. It's like, why would I throw money into an angler? Why would I want to back this angler? And it's like, it's not because of what I can do on the water. It's what I can do for you off the water. And like guys like Gary, he sees that, you know, luckily Gary's a fisherman, so he understands it. But um, the like the non the non fishing aspect of the world is missing this completely marketable opportunity that they don't realize is there. And it's like 16 million people, you know, and you're just 
clueless on that they're even there. And, and you, you know, you, you, like with me today, I just went and uh, talked to a potential um, a partner. I, 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 do, I do not like the word sponsor. I, no. I really don't. I no. prefer partners yep. because when, um, like today, I went and I sat over a con sat and talked to him about a contract. And we didn't talk about what I was getting. You know? right. right. We talked about, here's what I'm going to do for you. Here's Absolutely. what I'm, I, I, I propose to you. Yep. You know, and they asked good question, you know, where, where's my logo? Where is this? Where is that? I said, okay, let's start from line A and go all the way to the bottom. Yep. And uh, you can write down what you want, you know, so that way there's no misconstruing anything and uh, go from there. Right. Yep. yep. So that's why I always tell them, I tell them, you know, it's like, obviously I, every, every pro angler has different criteria, have different price levels. Yep. My biggest response to them is how much do you want to be seen? You know, and that's like, I'll tell them 16 million. Do you want 16 million views or do you want 5 million views? Because your, your logo is going to be the difference of those views. Yes. You know, so, and that's, that's why I break it down to them. You know, and if you break it down into views, money is no problem. Yeah. You know, I mean, we all have budgets and they have budgets as well, but, um, it's more it's it easier to it's easier to allocate when you say yes. 16 million views hey give me five grand for 16 million views no problem rick i can get you 17 million give me eight grand deal <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> all right we got this on youtube we got it on yeah. facebook yeah no absolutely yeah i'll, I'll take that deal any time of the week <laughs> <laughs> but no uh tom skidmore says travel is the worst um, I camp most of the time. Fuel sucks. And when I travel, I'm a mechanic. I can fix anything to a point on the road. That dude. Amen. You know, you can, you can preach that to the people in the back and, you know, people yeah. think that we're living the dream. Um, Drew six is actually, he's a really good friend of mine and he was a mobile mechanic at every event. This guy, I give my hats off to him to where if I could pay for his events, I would pay for his events because he would literally end his day of practice, go to his camper, and then add it, when he gets to his camper, there's two or three boats sitting at his camper waiting for him to work, work on them. He is like a master mechanic of all. Um, okay. If it's got a motor, if it's got a motor, he can figure it out. If it's actually, if it's got a, some sort of a structure, he could figure it out. He's really good with everything. Um, but this guy would literally take time out of his day, out of his sleep schedule, you know, because we fish sun up to sundown. And he would fish, he'd, he'd be working on boats 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night and then wake up the next morning at four o'clock and go again. Your boss, your backbone, your main supporter says the truck gets noticed all the time. Uh, absolutely. My uh, my in-laws were just in town for Thanksgiving, and so I used my company car. They drove my truck around while they were in town. And uh, I think my wife got cornered at Tim Hortons, um, <laughs> and uh, one thought they were me. And then my father-in-law got cornered at the, the Eagles Club, um, thinking they were me, uh, and it kind of worked out for my father-in-law, though. He got free beer out of it, so he can't complain <laughs> too much. <laughs> hey, can I borrow your truck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's it. You know, trucks get noticed, man. It's like if you do them right, they get noticed. Yeah. 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 And uh, Rob Welsh, a longtime listener and supporter, says, "What is the practice period like before the NPFL tournaments?" So my practice is a whole lot of uh, like we have off limits. It's twenty or. 20 or 21 days, that's kind of actually just changed recently. I think it's 
20 days now because it falls, you know, it'll push it to the Sunday, three weeks Sunday prior. So I think it's 20 days. Um, but prior to that, I'm doing is if I can get to the water, I'm going to the water. I'm going to go, you know, you can never duplicate on the water practice. You can, you know, you can watch all the videos you want. You will never learn more than being on that water. Um, but during that 20 day off limit, I'm watching videos. I'm, I'm pulling every current video up. You can, um, I'm even pulling up photos with you guys are trying to black out the background. Like you can, you can black them out all you want. I'm still looking at what I want to see, you know? Um, so unless, unless you can block your entire self out and just hold the fish up, I'm still learning from watching you catch them, you know? So that's what I'm doing for those 20 days. I'm just every day, you can ask my wife, I'll watch YouTube videos for seven hours a day. You know, I'm a YouTube junkie. Um, if it's on the internet, I'll find it. Um, but yeah, prior to the prior to the off limits, I'm on the water as much as I can. So like this Not year, you. I think I think this year our farthest one, other than Kissimmee, Florida, our farthest is Hartwell, which is ten and a half hours, eleven hours from me. So I'll be I'll probably be in Hartwell twice. I'll probably be in Lake Cumberland twice before we get to the event. All right. What do you consider the most difficult part about being a tournament angler? The food. <laughs> and um, but no, and I'll, and I'll say that the the most difficult aspect of being a tournament angler is the uh, uh, the confidence, you know, because when you get you get to day one of blast off and they call your boat number, everything you just did for the past whatever whatever amount of days, if you want to just call the three days of practice, whatever you just did from there is going to be shown in front of thousands and possibly millions of people, you know. Um, so it's the confidence to go out and do it. You know, it's just the ones I'm a guy. I, I don't care about other people's opinions. You know, I, I'm, I'm, pr I'm pretty good at showing that. And I, you know, I don't care what you think, you know, I'm going to go do what I know how to do. And if it works cool, if it doesn't, I'll go do it again tomorrow. You know, it's, yeah. it, you know, I'm not, I'm not hard headed enough to realize that I'm, I'm a KVD or whatever, you know, I'm not a guy that a million people are looking up to. I'm just, I'm just Rick, Lang Rick Langender for, you know, so for me, the hardest part about tournaments is just having the confidence just to do it. You know, it's look, like, I always say to people like, I wish I could, I wish I can finish tournament fish. I wish I can do, just do it, man. It's a hundred, like BFL co-anglers, what a hundred dollars now Did they go up. I don't know if they went up this year. I have no clue. But I think, club I, think I mean, you can go be a club tournament fisherman. Go be a club tournament fisherman for 25 bucks. You know, yep. if you want to fish the next level, go to the, the BFLs for a hundred, just throw your name in that. Just throw your money in. You know, it's, it's a hundred bucks. You, you're going to, if you like it, cool. You got something to do. If you don't like it, it's a hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, and I just, I, I, that's my confidence. I just, I think I can beat anybody any day of the week. You know, I'll throw my money in the hat because I think I can beat you today. You know, and until we weigh in, like we're all tied when we blast off, we're all at zero. We're all yep. tied for first. You know, so I'm going to take my chances. That I'll be first when I come back. Yeah. So, you know, looking at your name, saying it, you need a beta named after you, the Langenderfer. Man, you know, my nickname, in, my nickname in high school was Durf. So we maybe come up with something with the, the Durf. It sounds like <laughs> a plastic, soft plastic, the Durf. Yeah, yeah. Actually, my uh, my old my older friends, they call me Fred because it's Durf backwards. Yeah. You know, they allow me to call me Fred. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, I'm more than willing. If anyone wants to make a bait, I'm more than willing to throw my name on it. 
where 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 do you not want fish? Is there a body of water you don't care to go back to? I I know I have a couple. Well, I got a couple I don't want to go back to from the season, but it wasn't because the lake lake was terrible. It was because I sucked. Okay. Um, uh, I really, man, I'm cool with fishing anywhere. I, I'm good. Um, the one like I struggled the most was Winnebago. You know, my buddies, my buddies give me a hard time because I was on pace of becoming the first professional ever to do something. And uh, it wasn't a record I was looking forward to having. Um, but I was on pace to be the first professional angler to blank three days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I blanked the first two days of the event on, on Lake Winnebago because I was forcing the smallmouth, which I'm really comfortable fishing with them. And it wasn't until probably thinking about it after day two when I started realizing that, you know what, hey, these, these smallmouth are not, you know, they call – they call Winnebago the fifth great lake or whatever, the sixth, whatever it is, the fifth great lake, four, fifth, sixth great lake. Anyways, um, so in my mind, I was like, well, cool. These smallmouth will be just like Lake Erie smallmouth. They'll set up on this type of this type of structure, this kind of wind direction. And what I knew with the problem, biggest problem was, is that when we got to Winnebago, we had like seven or eight days of the exact same weather. And... I know from Lake Erie experience, when you have that, those fish are tough and finicky. Well, I found fish. I found plenty of smallmouth. Uh, I literally caught 300 fish that week. I just never caught anything over 14 inches. Um, and so my stubbornness and my, like I said, my lack of versatility, I, uh, I forced those smallmouth on Lake Winnebago. And now that I know what I know, that that lake is not weather or not condition driven, it is weather driven. So when the weather blew up, the small mouth blew up and the large mouth kind of settled back down. So that's why you notice like Keith Carson only caught four the last day is because that weather came in and the, the fish kind of went this, the opposite directions. Okay. And um, that's why Brandon Perkins actually wrecked them. He wrecked a, a big five bow. I think he had 17 pounds of small mouth that day. Um, but I went frogging the third day because you know, mostly I was just trying to stay out of the way and I, was, I told myself I'm going to do something different. And I, I had 11 pounds in about 35 minutes. And like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, that fifth one, I was cussing myself out, man. I was like, you're a freaking idiot. We're <laughs> 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 not doing this all week. You know, I never, I never threw a frog all week long and everything, all the conditions were there to throw a frog. And I just blew right by him to go find deep ledges, you know? So, yeah. you know, but well, you can keep, you ever come to St. Lawrence? You can keep your frog out because they small smallmouth will bite that up here. See, don't do that. I'm not a big frog person. You know, okay. I trust me. It took me a lot to throw tie that frog on, but it was pretty much the only bait I haven't thrown that day. <laughs> yeah, you, you really only need uh, one, maybe two or three rods. Yeah, you know, I'm good with that. That well, makes like, it easier on me. It, I'm a guy that carries 30 rods in his boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe four drop shot rods, uh, yeah. Carolina rig, um, a jig rod. Yep, I got a couple and, of those. Yeah, and yeah. May, you might want to throw a spinner bait once in a while or a top water, but I got you. Okay, I'm with you. I'll, I'll take notes. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like free notes. <laughs> yep, and uh, I know I know there's no off limits for that because you're not fishing it, so I can see what it. I want. Yeah, I can go all the way along there. Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah, talk about Erie. 
that's the other nice thing about the MPFL is that we have like a no information rule. So our no information rule started uh, roughly two months ago when the anglers were told the uh, the schedule. And so we we can't solicit it. We can't pay for it. You know, we can't do anything information. Um, we can't even hear you talk about it. You know, and that's yeah. something I totally respect that we should be as a, as a professional angler. You should be able to go find your own fish, not somebody else's. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yep. Yep. There's, uh, <coughs> I don't know if you can see it, but you oh. know, you, that's a cookie. I like that. The sugar cookie. Yep. No. All right. I'm good with that. My that's wife my can box uh, for that one. That's my favorite cookie right there. My favorite yep. homemade cookie. I'm with uh, that. My wife's not feeling well, and uh, she's actually taking care of the, our our baby. So, her, gotcha. one one of her questions she usually asks is, "What is your favorite homemade cookie?" Oh, mine's an oatmeal raisin. There's no questions asked. Dude, you know? really? Yeah, I love oatmeal raisin cookies. It seems like everybody I talk to is oatmeal or oatmeal raisin or something. Oh, I love them. You know, the the best cookie on the planet by far is the Subway oatmeal raisin cookie. All right, well, this concludes this portion of the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. as a trucker, I got I got 2 million miles under my belt as a truck driver, and I've been to just about every Subway in the country. And I've had just about every cookie they've ever made. <laughs> all right. All right. So, uh, no, that, we're, we're all good there. But, yeah, yeah. No, like I said before, if you ever get over in this neck, it was uh, definitely look me up and uh, oh, yeah. we'll definitely do some fishing. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, um, I'm going to end this because uh, we're getting close to an hour. Okay. Um, let you get some sleep. I know you got work yeah. to do. And Sleep's overrated. <laughs> you're right you're right so um i'm gonna take you off screen for a minute and uh, I'll, I'll talk to you in a minute okay all right buddy yep all right thanks rick thanks guys all right everybody that was rick langenderfer from uh ohio um i didn't realize he was a northern boy i thought he was uh a, a, a southerner at first i didn't do much research into the show as you can tell but uh tom i i disagree with you there as far as the uh peanut butter chocolate chip but that's all right. We all have our favorites and uh, just like water and fish. So um, thanks everybody for showing up and uh, asking questions and uh, everybody be safe. Um, when you're out there fishing, make sure you have your life vests, take a kid fishing. If you get a chance, always wear your sunscreen. Um, Cause you never know um, me with my thinning hair, my light hair and my uh, Irish looking um, skin uh needs it so uh everybody take care and uh next week's podcast we're gonna be talking to myself which i do a lot of on here and talking about my lineup of uh partners for 2022 as of then so everybody take care have a great week and see you then